This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. With GDP growth in sub-Saharan Africa at 4.4% in 2012, and a third of the countries there growing at more than 6% annually, Africa has come into its own economically. The continent has proved more resilient than most regions during the financial crisis, and today it has many of the world's fastest-growing economies. A growing middle class has helped drive the internal growth, and foreign direct investment has been increasing significantly. Some characterize this as a long-awaited emergence that's finally arrived, and one result is that private equity looks poised to enter a new level of sophistication. To learn more about the prospects for private equity in the region, Knowledge at Wharton spoke with three experts for a two-part podcast. Michelle Catherine Asome, who is chief executive of the African Venture Capital Association, Michael Rogers, who is Ernst & Young's global deputy sector leader for private equity, and Steve Samet, who is a senior fellow and lecturer here at Wharton. Um, Michelle, I want to start with you and ask, uh, would you please offer a brief overview of the new economic and business profile of Africa today when it comes to things like GDP growth, increasing investment, economic reforms, and, uh, and the like? Sure, of course, Steve. Um, well, I'm going to start off with a quote by, by Soros, which I think kind of sums up what you've just said. You know, Africa is one of the few bright spots on the global, uh, gloomy economic horizon. And I think that that's really coming to, to you know, fruition and really getting out there on the market. Um, so, you know, Africa, a large continent, 54 countries, a billion people, collective D- GDP of $2 trillion, uh, 7 out of 10 of the fastest-growing countries. Um, 17 countries are ranked ahead of India in ease of doing business, um, so higher economic growth than the, the Eurozone. Um, you know, a lot of structural reforms that have been put in place um, are coming to fruition. And, you know, really one very positive thing is, you know, as a continent, there was no credit crisis, so no, no credit bubble. Uh, so, you know, banks, for, for example, in Nigeria are relatively healthy. And just to pick up in, uh, upon your point is this emerging uh, middle class that's more and more affluent and wants all the things that we want in the Western world, you know, all of the iPads, et cetera. So a very, very attractive uh, investment opportunity. Thank you. Uh, Michael, let me ask you, uh, how's all of this translating into activity in the private equity sector from your vantage point? Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, I think it's really showing that uh, from a private equity perspective that it's really in its infancy, uh, infancy as, a, as an industry, and we're starting to see the very foundations and fundamental development of the industry uh, as, as we know it in some of the developed markets. Uh, it's interesting that a few years ago people would have asked private equity firms you know, what's your China strategy? You know, five, ten years ago, people were looking at that. Latin America, the last several years, last three or four years, you have to have a Latin strategy. We're now seeing the funds thinking about this from what's your African strategy. Not everybody is there yet, of course, but we see on the horizon many of the funds beginning to uh, try and and take a position, make investments there. A couple people have... uh, located folks there and have put people on the ground in the African continent. But we see the growth coming uh, because of some of the comments uh, that were made uh, just earlier that, 
uh, about the demographic growth of, of the population, uh, the increased consumerism, etc. So it, it's interesting that we see it is on the front end. As a result of that, many people think maybe is it hard to invest there? Can you realize exits? That sort of thing. Uh, you know, our study that we just just put out you know, demonstrated really that there there are a lot of exits. We counted 118 realizations uh, over the last five years in our study. And, uh, you know, most of those, many of those were in South Africa, but a big portion of those were uh, in other regions, in West and East Africa as well. So we, we see it that it's going to become an attractive market, not only because of the underlying demographics, but also that funds have proven that they can come in, make investments, uh, you know, help from a social responsibility perspective, grow businesses, and ultimately exit them in a profitable fashion. And that is what will really drive private equity from our perspective. I, I mean, it's very interesting. Everyone's going to have to change their thinking because in the past, in, in this area, like so many in business, when you thought of Africa, you thought of South Africa and, and maybe Nigeria because of the oil. Steve, your perspective, please. Yeah, th- this is, um, I think this is a very important point. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been going to the continent for uh, 10, 12 years, and the changes are quite palpable. But even a dozen years ago, things had already reached a, a level of stability in most of the countries. And unfortunately, the particularly American view of Africa has been colored by the media and by movies, and uh, people really do not understand uh, the, uh, the dynamism of those societies uh, how motivated the populations are, uh, and what the quest is for a new life. And over and above that, when we say governments have matured, uh, it means not only in terms of democratic processes, but it means insight uh, into policies that encourage foreign direct investment uh, and, uh, consequently, uh, more and more uh, limited partners, uh, pension funds, endowments, and the like, uh, have the confidence that Africa is a, a, a very sound place to invest. Uh, is this true of all countries in Africa? Well, no, it's 54 countries, as Michelle said. Uh, uh, but, but the vast majority have, have arrived at or are still trending in the right direction. Can you think of one specific deal or, or an example of a kind of a deal that's been done recently that would not have been able to have been done 10 or 12 years ago? Well, I can, give you, I can give you the classic example because I don't know if Michelle will agree, but I think this was the dividing line in the mind of private equity professionals. And that was the creation of a company called Celtel, uh, one of the first principal uh, cell phone companies in Africa by an extraordinary entrepreneur and person named uh, Mohammed Ibrahim. And uh, uh, he, he found ways of basically creating, building, and expanding his company uh, uh, without having to go down the pathway of payoffs and corruption. And he proved to everyone, because he had Western investors involved in the fund, he proved to everyone that you can do business in Africa the way you do business elsewhere. Uh, And uh, there have been a parade of venture capital funds and private equity funds, especially uh, that have uh, followed his principles and examples, and uh, uh, we're seeing um, uh, you know some very exciting growth. When when about was it that uh, that that became apparent to people? How many years ago? 
Um, uh, I'd like to get Michelle's perspective. I would say maybe half a dozen years ago. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that was an absolutely perfect example, um, Stephen, and that would have come to mind as as well. Um, and I mean, I think a kind of another important point, um, just under the purview of, of private equity, is we all know that the industry was, you know, given birth by the developmental finance institutions, IFC, FMO in the Netherlands, CDC in the UK. Um, et cetera. So, you know, the, the, that funding comes from the tax dollars of individuals. So there's a strong focus on governance. And, you know, these institutions have been investing in Africa, you know, directly before there was a private equity market. So they're very, very astute and intelligent around, you know, dealing in frontier markets, ensuring, you know, that there's transparency and accountability and that things are done in, 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 in an institutional fashion that, you know, we want and expect in, in the Western world. So there's a long track record. So the industry is very much being, how can you say, uh, you know, it's maturing in the fashion to kind of do the right thing. You know, I, I will say that that's still evolving. There's still a frontier market. There's still things that are, many things that are done. But people don't necessarily have to, quote, unquote, worry um, about investing with certain GPs or worry about transparency and governance because, you know, that that's really an issue. Um, given that the DFIs make up 75% of the LPs in private equity are really, really focused on, and it's very, very much embedded in kind of the ethos of the industry. And, you know, as, as Mike said earlier, the study that we did on exits, we see that ESG, environmental, social, and governance, monitoring and reporting, um, was really a contributor to, to, to value creation. Uh, thanks. I, I wanted to cast a slightly wider net, and, uh, and anyone feel free to jump in and answer this one, but I'm wondering just how much PE money will go into Africa this year and next year, let's say, and where's it coming from? And then after that, maybe we could talk about... Uh, what kinds of companies are getting the investments? What are some of the trends there? Uh, what countries are seeing most of the investment? Uh, so um, whoever would like to start, please. Steve, would I, you? I have some stats here. Oh, that's terrific. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's great. So, I mean, it's for 2012, 2011, 2011, 1.3, 2012, 1.4. So, you know, it, it really trails the rest of emerging markets and obviously the developed markets. 1.3, could we put a... A further number on that? That's billion. Billion. Okay. Billion. Yes, US. Apologies. One point three billion. U.S. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. U.S. dollars. Terrific. Two thousand twelve. One point four billion dollars. So I, it, it's really a drop in the bucket. <laughs> you know, there's probably I don't know. You know, that's probably a tenth of what uh, a, a global PE firm would manage. Um, and this is really to Mike's point earlier. It's a maturing market. It's ten to fifteen years old. Um, we're overcoming really a lot of kind of, you know, we call it the CNN effect. Um, there's a big campaign that we still have to do. And I say that anytime you're doing anything in Africa, whether it's a private sector or a charity, you know, you kind of need to educate whoever your listener is. So there's still a lot to be done. Uh, so people are, are, are afraid. I mean, whether I think that will increase, I think it will be dependent upon us getting out the stories around returns. <laughs> because if we get the message out that you can make, you know, Three or four times money um, that, and, and you have all of the other uh, sort of issues around ES and G, um, and that their exits um, that that'll bring more comfort. But there's, a, you know, it's a big task for us, uh, you know, all of us working in in the private sector in Africa to really embark upon. Yeah, and Steve, I would add uh, that I think that what we're going to see. Uh, 
obviously the numbers were just quoted in terms of the, the, the potential dollars that might go into the market, but we're starting to see folks uh, focus not only geographic funds uh, linked to uh, Africa specifically, we're seeing sector-targeted funds uh, within the, the, uh, the uh, continent as well. So we're starting to see folks raise capital to focus on consumer growth type industries, uh, you know, much needed, you know, infrastructure type ideas, as well as real estate and, and agriculture funds. So I think when the uh, when when people have the ability to target in by industry, by geography, uh, that will start to raise the amount of funds that that show an interest in investing uh, in Africa, and, and essentially going back to the stabilization of the market, and uh, it's sort of the evolution of the business a little bit. I think there will be um, some further developments. I mean, one of the things that came out in the study uh, that AVCA and uh, 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 Ernst & Young did uh, was that the trade sale exits, that's to say the acquisitions of companies from private equity portfolios, uh, still trended more towards um, uh, local acquisitions as opposed to multinationals coming in. Um, my suspicion is we're going to start seeing that change. And I base that on numerous conversations I've had with with uh, corporate CEOs in the U.S. and in Europe who uh, also now are thinking in terms of we have to have an Africa strategy. And in many instances, they're going to see the best approach to entry uh, through acquisition as opposed to building something from scratch. Uh, I think once corporation, the, the, the uh, Western corporate presence, uh, which will be matched by Indian corporate presence and Chinese corporate presence, uh, once we see that, uh, that may well open the floodgates. And uh, so Africa, you know, maybe is 5% of all money that's going into emerging market private equity now. Uh, expect that to change. Thank you, everyone. We've been speaking today with Michelle Catherine Asame, who's the chief executive of the African Venture Capital Association, Michael Rogers, who is Ernst & Young's global deputy sector leader for private equity, and Steve Samet, who's a senior fellow and lecturer here at Wharton. Listeners can access past podcasts plus additional insights into private equity at our private equity website. And the address is kw.wharton.upenn.edu slash private hyphen equity. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.